Welcome to the My Essential Birth Podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Stephanie. And we're professional doulas, childbirth educators, and the creators of My Essential Birth, the holistic, empowering online childbirth education course helping mothers everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. So join us each week as we share tips and advice for all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you can be the first to get new content. And head over to www.myessentialbirth.com for more information about our birth course and to join a community of mamas just like you. All right, let's get started with our reviewer of the week, Delene or Delene. Now I'm going to wonder if I said that right. Three. She says, informative and fun. Wish I had this podcast for my first pregnancy. Such amazing information and coincides with the life I'm trying to strive for with my family and this current pregnancy. Easy and straightforward tips to help live my healthiest life and pregnancy. Can't wait to keep listening. Thank you so much. I love when we get these kinds of reviews that they're like, I jumped on, I feel like I know you guys, and this is exactly how I'm feeling for my life. And it just kind of like rolls into this beautiful relationship. So thank you so much. All right. So the topic we have for you today is how to make your birth space feel like home. Now, we wouldn't need to be having this conversation if it weren't for the fact that not all birthplaces feel very uh, home-like. And so (laughs) we're going to kind of cover the ways in which they can kind of um, make for a very sterile environment and not a super birth vibey, happy environment, and then what you can do to proactively make that space feel like home and the benefits to doing that. Um, Obviously, and I thought I was so funny, I was like, well, if you want your birthplace to feel like home, birth at home. (laughs) I I think it is. It's it's ironic, but you're right. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's absolutely true. I, I hope that, um, in listening to the podcast that your mind is at least a little more open to understanding why women would pursue birth at home, or maybe even be open to that yourself. Now we recognize that situations come up, um, money, insurance, maybe there's not a really great home birth midwife near you. There's a lot of circumstances. Comfort of your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Cause that does, I wanted to have a home birth with baby number four and my husband just wasn't there yet. What makes me sad is that we're done having kids and he's totally on board now, (laughs) but whatever. Um, but it is a safe space for women who are having having normal, uncomplicated pregnancies and something that you may want to consider if what we're about to talk about is important to you. So um, I'm just going to throw this out there and we may turn this into like a louder with Crowder change my mind type thing. (laughs) But I was going to say the typical hospital labor and delivery room is designed for the provider's comfort and convenience, not yours change my mind. There, I said it. (laughs) I said it. Bring it on. But really, it does kind of feel like it's things are set up for them more than they are for you. And certainly it could be argued, which is why I think it would make a fun change my mind episode that these things are also of benefit to mom and baby. But I don't know, you be the judge. All right. So why don't you hit us off? What are some things you notice about typical hospital. Okay. So number one is like the lighting, right? Like you walk in and it is like bright fluorescent lighting. It's not even like good lighting. Like it's just in your face. Like let's check every piece of you out. (laughs) You know, you're not looking good if anyone's taking pictures like that kind of lighting. Right. And I think 
right? And you could kind of mention this like, yes, they can get a good look at your lady bits. They got to they gotta get in there and get deep and be able to see it all. And and so that's really fun. The only thing I feel like it can relate to is if you go to the dentist and you're yeah. getting some dental work done and they pull <laughs> that big overhead light down right over your face and they even have to give you sunglasses right, to put on. Which many hospital rooms have this big overhead light. To, and it's just yeah. angled right where they need it to be. Different and set I, of lips. I under... <laughs> You went there. I'm sorry. You went there. Okay. But it's a harsh lighting. And it, we've talked about, and we're going to talk about later, It's that's not the kind of lighting that's conducive to the flow of oxytocin. Um, next up, we have the linoleum floor. It's great for cleaning <laughs> you up. You don't have linoleum in your bedroom? What? <laughs> of course they do. The things that happen in there, and I'm just going to oh be able to wipe them up quick. No, but that is what it's for. It's for cleaning up uh, fluids quickly. And so I understand that's really convenient for them. And of course, you want your birthplace to be kind of sanitary, but it's just the floor is cold. It feels yeah. cold. Yeah. Linoleum. Oh, that and that's a big thing for me. Like, don't get me started about living where there's winter, period. But then if my feet are cold, like I always have socks on, always. And then the socks yeah. that they want you to wear. Because Scratchy. heaven forbid you slip and die because you don't know how to walk all of a sudden, right? <laughs> like you need to have little nubbins on the bottom. Uh, look, I don't mind that there's nubbins on the bottom. I, I get do. it. I don't want to. It's not a foot massage. It does not feel good. <laughs> no, it's the actual material of the rest of the sock. Yeah. It's Why do they scratchy. Have to do that? Why? Yeah. Why couldn't they be like the fluffy minky with the little grippers on the bottom? Yeah. Somebody okay. tell me why. Can somebody take a note, please? Just send that one in. Bump up your sock game, hospital. Uh, okay. Everything is generic and very wipe downable. So you talked about the floors, the walls. Literally everything can be wiped down, tossed yeah. away, thrown out, sanitized, like the casings for the pillows, like the sheets. And so you're not getting those like comfy hotel Egyptian <laughs> cotton. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there is no softness to those sheets. Whatsoever. No. And the I think the thing that's funny is that sometimes I'll go and I'll visit a relative. I won't name names in case they listen. I don't think they do. But despite the fact that her children are grown adults, she insists on putting the peepee mattress mm. covers on the mattresses. And you guys, I sweat so much yeah. on those things. They're not comfortable. Every little move you make, you're hearing the crunching of that stuff, but that's what's on your pillow at the hospital. Yeah. That's what's on the bed. And again, I totally understand why birth fluids are just a natural part of birth, but it doesn't make for a super comfortable place. Right. I have to ask you though. So at home, this is probably a concern for women. What do they do? What do the midwives do to make sure your bed sheets stay yeah. clean? So uh, you can do the waterproof mattress cover. I know that that's actually really common. Um, particularly when you're like, okay, it's labor time, time to throw on the cover if you don't have one on there already. Uh, but they also do, you can, <laughs> we've done like the, um, like when you paint, you know, and you like do like a throw, you can throw mm -hmm. that over the mattress. They've got tons of checks pads. I mean, I haven't personally been in a birth where we've gotten anything on mom's sheets or pillows or like anything, you yeah. know, maybe a couple drops here or there on the floor after traveling back and forth. And that's quickly gone with some hydrogen peroxide. But yeah, no, it's not as messy. I would say hospital births tend to be messier. Like, you know, the cleanup, like there just seems like there's so much stuff everywhere. And I yeah. feel like it's not like that at home. So. I wondered that too. I was like, well, what if you, I, I envisioned if I were to ever get pregnant again, which is kind of off the table for mm -hmm. me, but where would I want to do it? And I was kind of picturing, oh, well, my living room and we just redesigned this space. It's gorgeous. And I thought, oh, I would set the birthing tub up over here. And then I had a moment of panic. 
oh, but I wouldn't want anything to get on this new area rug I bought or these new couches I have. But that's kind of good to know that it's not it's not like what you're thinking. Yeah. But it's funny that you say that because even my mother-in-law, she had a baby at home, which Uh thankful for her and for moms that have done this before because then it made it easier and more comfortable. Uh, But she said she was like kind of grossed out about it. And so she actually gave birth on the kitchen table, which I thought like, (laughs) oh my gosh, what's really cool about that is it was an OB. It was a male OB. He delivered her other children. He delivered that baby and he just came to her house and did it. How cool is that? That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That man's a hero now to me. Um, okay, so everything in the hospital, it's going to be very generic, very wipe downable. We've kind of established that. This next one gets me because we talk about water being nature's epidural, right? <laughs> You're going to be lucky if you end up at a birth space, especially in a hospital that has a tub, let alone a shower. Now, I know people are going to start sending me, oh, this is the tub I had at my hospital. Right. I know that some are going above and beyond and really getting the right kind of things in there that are right. conducive to birthing. But I remember there's this hospital here in Salt Lake and um, they advertise that they have birthing tubs, right? And I go there. It's my first time there. I hadn't toured it before, but I was showing up as a doula to support someone in labor. You guys, Think of like the skinniest little bathroom tub. There's no way any pregnant woman is going to (laughs) fit comfortably in that thing and have water come up any higher than like crotch level, hip level. I'm a midget. And this is like one of my strong points is being able to like sit comfortably in any tub. And it's probably not big enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, and they don't, I, I wondered is that to discourage women from birthing or laboring Mm. in there? I wondered at that. Um, I feel like a lot of rooms often have showers at least. So that's good. But just in general, the lack of access to water that you can submerge yourself in. I how many care providers, I'm just going to say on the OB side, this is not like one way or the other one is better than the other, but just from personal experience, when I've had a mom who is laboring in a tub or shower, I've never had an OB actually come in to the bathroom and hang out with them ever. No. they. It's like, okay, let's, you know, go through a couple more contractions, meet me back on the bed. Convenience, yeah. right? Yeah, so. exactly. Now the hospital bed breaks apart. And <laughs> Sorry. I'm just imagining just... what this would look like in my house. How can I make this? How does this sound anything like my the house? The entire bottom half of it just completely breaks off. That and... one time when my box spring came out, right? <laughs> So the bottom half of the bed literally breaks off and some could argue that that's for your convenience. Maybe they're going to attach a squat bar. Yep. You don't have to get out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. It's so that they can come right up there, which means that you're delivering in bed. Now, maybe they're doing that because you're on all fours and draped over the back of the bed. I have seen providers do that and they're totally fine with doing that. But the point is you're on the bed, right? probably aren't moving from that yeah. bed. I've only seen um, one in hospital birth as a doula where, um, and it was a midwife and she got down on the floor. Yes. The lady was midwife, laying on same. the floor because mom mm-hmm. was standing and didn't want to move. And I loved her so much for that. Yep. Yeah. I am. We're so big on that. Like, I think that is huge. I think a mom should be able to birth her baby in any position in any place that she wants. And I feel like If you're a good care provider, and maybe this is going to be controversial, but if you're good at what you do and you trust that you can handle a baby on its way out, you should be able to do it in any position safely. I agree. Now, I know that this next one is like one of your hot button issues. So why don't you talk about (laughs) it? 
Yes, the hospital gowns. Now, if you have followed along with us for a while, you know that like on the top of my list, which might sound crazy to some of you because there's so many other things that you could have on a birth plan, the top of my list was like, I need to be in my own clothes. I'm not wearing a birth gown where I feel like I can feel air in places I don't want to. Like, (laughs) I don't want people to be able to just get to whatever they want in any moment. You know, if there's an emergency, cut off my pants. I want to be able to wear my own clothes. And the hospital birth gowns, not only are they like the most uncomfortable, they're crazy ugly. They, I mean, the ties that everything about it is like, why? I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. It's more like a funeral. Is that the wrong way to go with this? I'm like, why would you do this to somebody? Well, and to quote Jim Gaffigan, do you really want to give birth in a gown somebody died in yesterday? Okay. Thank you very much. Just saying. Yes. I look, I was originally of the mind that I don't want to get my clothes messed up at Mm. all. And so I'll take the hospital gown, whatever. Um, The only time I ever had a photographer at my birth was for baby number four, my little girl. And all of a sudden I was very aware of, oh, this doesn't look, this isn't going to look good (laughs) on camera. This isn't going to look good at all. And I was feeling self-conscious. My skin tone. (laughs) And so my nurse, my, cause it says literally, if you guys have seen pictures of me, sometimes that I post of this birth on Instagram, stamped across my chest it says central laundry and the nurse came because I was a little bit cold they had given me some penicillin because I tested GBS positive that was running through my IV and it gives me the shakes I get very Mm. cold with it and so she brought me another hospital gown same gown but turned backwards so that I could just feel like my back end was covered I mean that's the last thing I wanted here I am I'm on a birth ball. My back's to the door. I don't want people coming in. And the first thing they see is my dimpled bottom. I mean, anyway, so she brought me that. It just, whatever. Well, and it's back to the like uh, treating birthing women, in my opinion, without a certain amount of dignity and respect because the, the argument is that, but if we need to, you know, like for cervical exams and for this and for every reason that doesn't make it feel like home, uh, and I'm like, so you, you don't trust that I can remove my pants when I need to, or you can't help me to do this. I, I mean, from having a baby at home, yes, I was able to pull my own pants down and bring them back up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of a sudden, I, I don't know. You're pregnant. You're not sick right. or incapacitated. <laughs> like you're a healthy, this is a healthy event for healthy women. Right. So anyway, the hospital gown, I just think for a lot of people, it just feels sterile. It's unattractive. They've got the snaps coming down the shoulders. And this is so that, um, um, they can get easy access to you in the event of an emergency. But like you said, they could cut it off if mm-hmm. they need to. They've got scissors. So and sure, I would say, you know, OK, fine. Some benefits like great. You want to breastfeed after or you decide to get the epidural. You don't have to change out of any. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Those would be the like very side note kind of things. I think the other thing, too, is the hospital monitors that are next to the beds. Those things are obnoxious. Like not only are they making all the noises and all the beeps, but then I'll tell you like a I've mom got the paper who, strip who is, filling onto the yes, floor. The, the mom who is doing well at home that we're supporting coming into the the birth the birthplace and gets hooked up on all these things and she's and she's looking and watching the the partner who is able to tell mom's about to have a contraction and and really paying attention to that instantly gets moved over to staring at the monitors. And mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it too yeah. as a doula. Instead of tuning into a woman's body, protecting her space, being aware of what's happening with her. To her. And and her too, to be able to tune into her body. Instead, she's like, wait, I heard the heart rate drop again. Or like, just stop. Like, yeah. listen to your body. Listen to the process. Trust the process. Have the support. The people supporting you should know what's going on with your body. Like, all of that really matters. And I think any kind of like 
techn- technology and stuff, anytime we bring some of that stuff in, it really like takes away. I feel like it it kind of disconnects you from listening to that space in that body. Absolutely. And something you mentioned were the fetal monitors, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like those are totally a provider convenience thing. It keeps you in the bed. It really does mm-hmm. limit freedom of movement, even if they have wireless ones. Um, but wait, how do they check the baby when you're at home? What? They use adopt tone, you guys. The same thing they, they use. They use their hands? They have to be in the <laughs> room with you? I don't understand. But the same thing they use at your prenatal appointments can also be used during labor. And again, I've been at hospital births where there are some very dedicated nurses where mom's in the shower, doesn't want to get out. No problem. She's sticking her hand. She's getting soaked. She's willing just to listen to baby's heart rate because she doesn't want to disrupt what's happening there. She doesn't want to move her to the bed to hook her up onto the actual fetal monitors just because it's convenient for her. I am so grateful for nurses like that. I agree. You've got all the flashing all the beeping monitors, all the alarms, all the lights going, totally not conducive to rest. And you might argue, well, I'm I'm laboring and probably not sleeping. And that's true. But for your postpartum experience in the hospital, um, I, I know it makes I've me wonder if we should have women practicing with a bunch of noise. Like maybe we just need <gasps> oh. to like YouTube some noises of birth. <laughs> That's just the birth room. Now right. practice relaxing during this. That's actually, I think you might be onto something for real. Or also for me, I didn't mind it as much during labor because I was so tuned in and focused. Oh, good. But for postpartum. Oh, gosh. By the time those 24 hours were up, I was a basket case. Like mentally, I'm mentally healthy, but I was not mentally healthy by the time I went home because you don't get any sleep. Not only do you have the monitors and the flashing lights and the beeping, but, and I've talked about this before, it drives me crazy, (laughs) but you have different people coming in at different hours and they don't coordinate with each other at all. Like how hard would that be to like have it be convenient for a mother? At the same time, the cleaning person comes in. Can they bring you a meal at the same time? Can they check baby at the same time? Why do I have to get woken up every 30 minutes for somebody new coming in? It just that drives or shift me change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any of it. Yeah. Um, something that you brought up earlier that I thought was I'm like, oh, I didn't really think about that. But a bed that's just for the size of the mother. Yeah. Like, like when you're birthing at home, my husband was absolutely in bed with me mm-hmm. or um, anywhere we went. Obviously, he had a place and a space and and they should. And it's part of the experience and the nature of birth that you should have. Everybody that needs to be there should have a comfortable space and it should be set up for both of you. And I know as a mom, that's something that some that we worry about, you know, like you don't want to, as a mom to have to worry about, is my husband comfortable right now? Well, you're trying to focus on a contraction, although because we care about them, we do worry about those things. So, yeah, and I get it um, for their convenience. They need a skinnier bed that can be wheeled out of your room mm-hmm. if you needed to get to the OR or if you're being wheeled up to postpartum or whatever. But it's interesting because if you look at and watch birth videos from um, home births or birth centers, where is that dad? He's right Mm. up on the bed next to her or he's laying behind her in bed or he's, you know, got his hands around her while she's in the birthing space. He's right there with her. And I just feel like the way it's set up in a traditional hospital room, he's not afforded that opportunity. Right. And whatever bed or pull out couch or whatever they have is not super not comfortable. comfortable. So. I've slept on one or tried to sleep on yeah. one. <laughs> They're not great. Now, 
this isn't true of all hospitals. And again, I'm so grateful that we're progressing in the right direction of having things like peanut balls and birthing stools. But many, many hospital labor and delivery rooms don't have birthing stools. They don't have squat bars. They don't have tubs that you can actually labor and maybe even give birth in. Um, All of those things are so important for freedom of movement, um, allowing a woman to choose the position that she wants to labor and birth in. And then the last reason why I feel like it's just (laughs) these rooms are just not set up with you in mind necessarily is I know that a lot of women, myself included, kind of felt claustrophobic Mm -hmm. in those rooms you don't have access to outdoor spaces. You can't walk outside and get a breath of fresh air. Um, maybe if you're lucky, your hospital has an atrium, but for most women, and now you were saying with COVID, you're stuck in your room. You can't even, you can't walk, even the walk the halls. halls. Yeah. And I think that does make it a lot harder, particularly when we know walking is a way to get labor going. And it even drives me crazy though about just walking the halls, like we know that stairs are actually really helpful. So allowing a mother to go up and down stairs, which isn't super common, they don't want you to leave the labor and delivery floor. I don't know why, but they don't want you to. I've been at a few births where they're like, okay, yeah, go around outside. And that's dependent on weather too, right? Because no one wants to be out in a snowstorm (laughs) walking up and down stairs. But I think it, it makes a huge difference. You know, and a part of me was thinking, if you're getting to your birth space, at a time that I think is most conducive to um, birth goals that women often have, then maybe a lot of this stuff doesn't matter as much. You know, if you're getting to your birth space at six, seven centimeters dilated, you probably don't have that much longer to go enduring all the things that we mentioned. But if you're getting there and you're two centimeters dilated, then- Or if you're there for an induction. If you're there for an induction, a lot of this stuff might might matter more to you. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you might notice it more or just the longer you're there in labor or postpartum, like you said, I think makes a difference. Yep. So back to our original topic, with all of this in mind, what can you do to make your birth space feel like home if you're not birthing at home? Wear your own clothes. <laughs> like, can we just put people in their own clothes, please? Actually, I do I do know some moms that are like, oh, I don't care. Or I, yeah, no, I'm fine with the birth can. This is my own thing. But I find too that a woman allowed in her own clothes can make it more comfortable. So um, like we've talked about in previous episodes, when you transfer from one place to another, it can kind of throw off your that oxytocin. It gets the adrenaline going and something simple like, oh, I'm in my own clothes. This is familiar to me is something that can help you feel safe and comfortable and keep contractions going. Definitely. And make it a fun thing for yourself. I've seen so many birth photos now and the woman's got like a cute little halter top or a cute little top on. Make or it a fun a, thing, like they shopping. Have, yeah, they have birth gowns now, like yeah. custom birth gowns, which I think are super that cute. That don't totally look like birth gowns. Yes. That I think is great because you may have a birthplace that says... Looks more like a muumuu. Because <laughs> <laughs> your birthplace might say, no, we require something that is able to come down at the shoulders just in case. Sure. That's and so they fine. make them like that. Yeah. And they make them like that. Yeah. I think bringing your own pillow and blanket is a big one. And we always say like, make sure if you have wife sheets or whatever, like don't bring that pillow. It'll get, you know, tossed aside with yeah. everything else. Make it a different color. Yeah. But, and I even liked, anyways, I have a thing with like when my husband leaves or like, you know, like we've been military and um, I would have him like spray his cologne. And so that is very comforting yes. to me. So like grabbing a shirt or something that has his cologne on it. I really like that. So yeah, bringing your own smells. I feel right. like that's a huge one. So cologne can do that for you. 
Um, you guys know me, I'm kind of an essential oils freak and that's fine too, but there's benefit to that. We've talked about that as well. If these are, if every time you're practicing relaxation or envisioning your ideal birth experience, you've got, you know, lavender or wild orange going in the diffuser, bringing those same scents into your birthplace is going to instinctively help your body relax. It's going to make it feel less sterile, more like home. Yeah. And that's just back to your what have we been doing at home that we can take with us? And I think relaxation and meditation practice and everything that we've been doing that way at home, if that can follow us in, including what your partner is doing, then I think that's really useful. Yeah. What they're saying to you, everything. Um, Dimming the lights. I think this is huge. You don't have to have those giant fluorescent lights on. Um, And I feel like a lot of birthplaces are really great about that. They don't mind when you're laboring, you having the lights super dim and off or whatever is best for you. And it's also okay if you're one of those people like, no, no, no. When I picture my ideal birth, I am soaked in sunlight. That was totally me. You do whatever you want, but adjust the lighting so that it works for you. And keep in mind that kind of like we've talked about in other episodes, that fluorescent lighting might play a part in not great things. So just (laughs) dim the lights. And I think too, like uh, that's something that we do as doulas, right? Like we walk into a birth space and we're like, okay, where are the washcloths? Where's the birth ball? Where Mm -hmm. are um, anything that I'm going to need? And where can I mess with the temperature and where are the lights? lights. Because these are all things that are going to make mom more comfortable. Um, And along with that, right, like a a music box or some kind of sound, noise machine, whatever you want to bring with you that is comforting and relaxing. And I like it because it, no matter what it is, it's going to drown out the sounds of the hospital. That beeping that we talked about or the the nurses shuffling by during the night or your blood pressure cuff, like it'll all be part of it. I was going to mention too, you can actually turn down the volume on um, the fetal monitor machines. And so if listening to baby's heart rate or just that sound in general is not super reassuring to you, um, there's a dial. You can turn it down and you can ask whoever's attending your birth or whatever to, can we just anything that's beeping or makes noises because, and you don't have to worry, well, then they can't hear it. They're getting all that information out at the nurse's station anyway. So they're, that's why sometimes you'll see them all of a sudden come in. It's because maybe something Got they only up. make it beep to drive you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just for you. Not necessary. So turn it down. You don't need to be hearing that. It's, it's you know, listen to your white noise. Put on some music. Put on your birth playlist. Put on those meditation tracks. Um, listen to your partner, your doula, reading you affirmations. But get something else in your ear. Yeah. I think one of the things that I really enjoyed was having some um, water, like use of water. If I could, because even when contractions immediately began for me in the very early hours, of my birth, my thing was I'm going to start tuning into my body by taking a warm bath or a hot shower. And I'm going to relax and and tune in. Maybe I've got music. Maybe I don't. Maybe I'm keeping track of my contractions or whatever. But you can do the same thing at your birthplace. Kind of head to your hospital and you get into the um, the birth tub or just a tub in general and you just kind of like get into your zone. I think just like you were saying, Mother yeah. Nature's epidural, it's just part of the relaxation. You guys, we're huge on affirmations. You know we're crazy mm-hmm. about them. They absolutely need to be in your birth space and in your head. So a lot of women, again, in preparation for their birthing time will make affirmation cards, the affirmations that really just tug at their heartstrings, speak a lot to them, and they'll bring those cards with them. Um, And you, if you're, again, if you're getting to your birthplace kind of at that right time, you may not be able to do this physically, but you could have your partner or your doula quickly just pop those up on the walls or even just Mm -hmm. put them on the bed or someplace where you can see them and draw strength and power from them. But I also want to just take a minute and talk about how if you're worried that 
the environment we're describing isn't going to feel totally comfortable for you, you need to start using affirmations now to say things like, I am comfortable in my birthing space. I feel free in my birthing space. I'm able to move and do what my body requires. Um, you know, it feels warm and inviting to me. These are the kinds of things you need to be telling yourself now. And I would also add while envisioning your birth oh, space, definitely. <laughs> you need to do that now. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be a bit of a contrast. Yeah. And it sounds kind of like foofy, but it's real. Like it really does work. It's very powerful. And so if we haven't said that enough, I feel like we'll just add that to the show notes too. Just the yeah. um, find it and flip it exercise. So it can work for if you're having like negative thoughts or fears or whatever. But it's also if you want to just create positive affirmation, it doesn't have to come um, from a negative trying yeah. to switch that into a positive. You can just create positive ones. And I yeah. feel like that's a really good one. If you yeah. know, like when you're envisioning your birth, I'm like, oh, I'm in this birth space. I'm in this hospital center. I can see all that. Picture I see yourself the light. There. Yeah. And then create what you want out of it and then create the affirmations to go along with it. I think that's a wonderful exercise. Because if you're picturing yourself, I'm in the mountains and I picture my, and then you get to a place that feels very sterile and cold, it's it's going to be a shock <laughs> Take to you back to the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want back in the mountains. So yeah, picture your space as it's going to be. That's why birth tours are so important. You yeah. really need to tour your environment ahead of time. Um, even with COVID, they should be starting to allow for this now. If they're not- they've created virtual tours. Virtual hopefully. tours, yeah. Pulling up pictures online. I know a lot of them have them on their website. Picturing that environment and as you do, evoking feelings of peace. Right, yeah. You know? Manifestation, right? It's just exactly. back to that, yes. Um, you can ask for Doptone fetal monitoring did you know you can make that request? Yeah. Um, you don't need to be hooked up to those fetal monitors, certainly not the whole time. I mean, most hospitals have a standard where they want to be able to listen to baby for, you know, 20 minutes every hour, 10 minutes every hour. But you can actually request that they let you use the wireless or use adopt tone or something. Yeah. Else. And we'll tell you from being at home birth and birth center births, that's not what it looks like. You don't have a, a midwife hooked up to you because they don't have the monitors for 20 minutes at a time. That's not a thing. No. They'll listen to a couple contractions every once in a while. They pay attention to how you're breathing and reacting and acting during birth. And then they'll check as needed. And it's yeah. like, as you get closer to pushing, okay, we're keeping a little more attention. But honestly, it is pretty hands off, which if they can yeah. do that safely at home, you know, They'll provided you don't have medication and things, then right. you, sh you can do it safely at the hospital. They can listen through about two or three contractions and understand what's going on. Um, I was going to add to the visualization part, keeping your eyes shut if you have to. Yeah. I mean, well, some women use the focal point, but I'd say the, the majority of women really do tune in like yeah. quietly, eyes closed. You're in you're inside of your head. You're inside of that body and you're really focused on what's happening on the inside, not so much the exterior. Exactly. So. Um, bringing your own food and drinks, your own snacky snacks. That's huge. Yeah. I'm just going to say, have your little There's snack food. pack tucked away. You don't have to say anything about it. And I, I didn't say that here. I'm just saying, you, yeah, <laughs> I think it's like a big, it's silly because some providers you talk to and they're like, yeah, it's like a marathon. You need to have the energy for would. this. Of course you need to eat. And you talk to others that are like, definitely not. You can have ice chips. And so I don't know why, why can this woman do it with this provider or how come I could do it with this provider and not this one? What's changed about my body? Nothing. It's policy. It's personal preference. So I think you need to eat. <laughs> Definitely. Um, one of the biggest ways that you can feel comfortable in your birth space is by surrounding yourself 
uh, with people with whom you feel 100% comfortable. Obviously, your partner <laughs> should be on that list. <laughs> yes. Um, maybe it's a, a parent or a sibling or something like that. But I would also just put out there that a doula can be a really great bridge person. Right. Right. Here's somebody who you feel comfortable with because you've had meetings with them. You guys have maybe worked together at home a little bit. And then, um, but they're not totally in your familiar circle. Right. And so having them there with you can kind of bridge that gap and help you feel comfortable. Right. Um, and that's like topic for another day or something we've talked about before is like maybe you're not super comfortable um, with your partner just yet. Like comfortable in other ways, obviously. Confident in their abilities. Right. But maybe that relationship like it took us three babies for us to be like, yeah, we we got this. We're working well together. I trust you. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I, I think a doula is a wonderful, wonderful tool to use. If you want to feel comfortable, you've got to have freedom. Yeah. Period. You can't be in a super restrictive environment and feel comfortable. I don't think many people feel super comfortable, except for newborn babies, right? right. Swaddling. <laughs> the tighter the swaddle, the more relaxed right. they feel. But for for well, even adults, them though, it's like what's home to them? Your body. And so when they're taken yeah. away from that, you know, there goes the adrenaline, the crying, and everything else. So. Right. Same example. So when we say least restrictive environment, we're talking about freedom of movement, freedom of position, freedom to freedom to if you want to get up and take a walk outside, you can do that. That might be one that you'll have to talk to your provider in your birthplace about. But, you know, least restrictive. I love this last one that you added. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm like, how can I make this really comfortable? Oh, like not having people in the bathroom with me while I'm pooping. Like that would be a delight. Uh, Definitely something that happens at home, right? Like maybe little fingers are making it under the door, but it's not (laughs) like somebody standing over you. I don't know. Somebody you don't know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say as a doula, I've been there many a times while mom's, you know, laboring and using the restroom and it just is what it is. Like it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. However, I'm just saying like, I wonder though if the attitude is different though, because they picked you. They picked you and they have that, they have that rapport with you. I have to ask though. So I've only ever had a labor and delivery nurse watch me pee after birth. They just want to make sure that apparently I haven't lost that function, (laughs) Um, which was fine. Okay. In the bathroom with you. I just normally, I mean, I'm not walking around naked in front of everybody. So it's just a different experience. Well, that's what I was asking. Like, I didn't know, like with a cesarean birth, do they have to watch you poo? I know they have uh, to. No, I wish I remembered. I, I know they asked I had, you if you no, I gas, had but... to. I, I had to go. <laughs> I don't yeah. think there was someone in there. That was postpartum, though. Right. Okay. So, yeah. They just I know. To make sure it I mean, I know that my husband was in there with me the first time when I used the restroom, and I was like, I don't ever want to relive this again. But at the same time, I was like, but don't leave. <laughs> I don't want to be don't alone. Anywhere. I don't want to be alone. <laughs> so sorry, husband. So the benefit to feeling comfortable in your birthing space. And we've talked about this so much, you guys, but oxytocin is what allows your uterus to contract. And those contractions establish a labor pattern and they help you to dilate and to open and baby to descend. And so that oxytocin is flowing when you are most comfortable. I was trying to be clever and come up with like a cute little phrase like (laughs) Stephanie did for the pushing episode. And I was like, when oxytocin flows, your contractions 
goes, goes. <laughs> but then that's not grammatically <laughs> correct. So whatever, but you get the idea when you're comfortable, you're going to have a stronger labor pattern. We're not going to see disruptions or stalls in labor as often. And we're not going to see weird things that can happen like reverse dilation. Right. So it's really important that you do feel comfortable there. Also, um, I think you're more likely to look back on your experience and feel positive about it if it was an environment that you felt good in. Yeah, I I think that's totally right. So um, hopefully I feel like this episode was so good because we think about it sometimes. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll bring some pictures. Maybe I'll do this. But I think this went into the like the effects of and how we can really um, access some of that information that we the things that we're not necessarily conscious of or thinking about when we're at home and bringing that with us into the birth space because it does affect us physically and that matters. All right, mamas, we will be back with more tips and advice soon. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe so that you get notifications first about new episodes. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for more information on the birth course and to join our online community serving pregnant mamas just like you. 